Hello and welcome to the Sanctuary First podcast. What follows is a reflection that you might want to listen to at home or when you're out on a local walk. As this is being recorded in early 2021, during the pandemic, make sure to follow the rules where you are and only travel if safe to do so, being mindful of yourself and others at all times. Taking inspiration from immersive storytelling traditions such as the street theatre of mystery plays or the sequences of paintings that form Stations of the Cross, we are going to go on an audio journey through the passion, using our imagination and our senses to enter into the story anew. Just as Jesus comes alongside us, we are going to take a moment to come alongside Jesus in that divine kaleidoscopic chapter that stands outside of time, where he demonstrated at the cross just how much he loves us. So let's go to that scene where Jesus is before Pontius Pilate. Part 1. Water. You, fetch some water for the governor. The voice of the senior steward calls out to you. The atmosphere is electric, a tightly packed crowd demanding blood. Look at the Roman in his regalia. His is the literal face of imperial power. He stands there holding his hands up in the air, but this isn't an admission of guilt. His palms are faced inward. He looks like a surgeon preparing for theatre, a man stealing himself for something horrifying. What the crowd can't see, but you can, is that his hands are shaking. Small, almost imperceptible shakes. Is it fury? Fear? Exhaustion? His face looks impassive, imperious. But you notice a slight twitch in one of his eyelids. You catch his eye, and he raises an eyebrow. You have a job to do. You're to fetch the water. Returning with a basin, you feel invisible in front of the crowd. No one is looking at you. All eyes are fixed on the Roman and the Nazarene. You place the basin next to the governor and step to one side. The crowd are getting agitated. They're pressing in, craning to see the Roman who is squatting by the basin, vigorously washing his hands. What will become of the Nazarene? Will they crucify him? Just then, the Nazarene himself turns to look at you and says quietly, Bless you. Your surprise must be clear on your face. What is this pitiful man doing blessing you? May I have a drink, he asks. You have a job to do. You are to fetch the water. Bringing back a beaker of water, you give it to him. He smiles at you and says, You know, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. This man, soon to be condemned, punished, and probably killed, 
is speaking to you about blessing and water and eternal life? Then he says, Anyone who is thirsty can come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. Is he mad? Naive? Inspired? How is he so composed? He's the one who's been physically restrained, but it's the Roman whose hands are tied. Then, he says your name. The Nazarene is looking at you, kindly, waiting for you to respond. Time seems to slow down as the governor stands up and shakes droplets of murky water from his hands. You don't have long before he will be taken to be flogged and worse. You hear the governor say, I am innocent of this man's blood, see to it yourselves. And with those words, he has left the Nazarene at the mercy of the crowd. Standing there, with the empty beaker of water, what would you like to say to the Nazarene before he is taken away? As you watch the crowd depart, you can feel the crackle and charge in the air. The mob has deadly power, as you've just seen. But each member of the crowd seems powerless, they're just swept along by the fury. The governor has aged twenty years in the last few minutes. His spine crumpled down, his hands still wet, hang limply by his side. The Roman is a man of power who is powerless in this situation. Over the interrogation, he couldn't find any fault with the Nazarene, certainly not worthy of the cruelty of crucifixion, but he was unable to set him free. He knew the crowd wouldn't allow it. He was trapped by circumstance. Your mind keeps going back to the face of the Nazarene, his unusual words and kind eyes. Who is this man offering rivers and wellsprings? And then, it suddenly occurs to you. He knew your name. How could he possibly know your name? In the middle of this scene where you're just a bit part, a passing functionary, a nobody, he looked you in your eyes and called you by name. Then your eyes go to the blood on the floor, and the governor gestures weakly at it. You have a job to do. You're to fetch the water. Now, as we leave the first century and return to our own 21st century world, let's continue to think about the nature of power and powerlessness, what it means to be trapped and what it means to be free. As you travel now with the risen Jesus, where do you see signs of power, strength and weakness around about you? A bird flying overhead might speak to you of freedom, and a high barbed wire fence might make you think of those who are trapped by their circumstances. Pylons might show you one source of power, and a big oak tree another. 
As you go, we encourage you to think about the world around you as a canvas that God is painting, a letter God is writing, a theatre God is directing, where the spirit is moving and God is talking to us all the time in many different ways. What do you want to point out to Jesus who travels with you? How can reflecting on the vivid power struggle of Pontius Pilate lead you to reflect to how power and authority, freedom and oppression operate in our world? As your mind wanders, prayerfully and creatively, form these thoughts into a prayer that you can share with Jesus. Dear God, like the water-bearer, we stand poised, waiting to serve, watching life as it unfolds. Make us keen listeners with caring hearts, move to tend to one another. We continue to travel with you, contemplating power and powerlessness, traps and freedom, oppression and oppressors, love and liberty. Tune us in to your timeless truths and show us what true power looks like. Amen. Thanks for listening to this reflection and go to the Sanctuary First website for more resources. To read more about Pilate and Jesus' encounter, go to Matthew 27, or for Jesus talking about water and thirst, go to John 4 or 7. And thanks to Campbell Dye and Ian Jameson of 316 for the music featured in this episode. You heard Empty Skies.